podcast. I'm Matt, the motorator. DeAndre here with Bill Goldberg. Uh, good morning, sir. Hey, buddy boy. Uh, how are you? Doing all right. Welcome back. A little quick trip to uh, to Vegas. Um, I didn't get a chance to go, but you went out there for the big Dodge unveiling, and that seems to be the hot topic all over the automotive media. Uh, I mean, seems like a cool event, a cool reveal for the uh, for the Challenger 170, the Demon. But that's obviously not all that went down over there. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Walk us through it a little bit. Tell us what's happened. And then I've got some information about the specs on the car in front of us just so we can kind of see what's going on. But uh, it was Roadkill Nights Motor Trend event. They did it in Vegas this time. I think it was planned with Dodge to do it there so they can do the unveiling and have a drag strip available and and all kinds of <laughs> crazy things and i think the weather was a little more accommodating than than doing it in detroit right now <laughs> yeah it was uh i mean it was a great event man uh i don't even know where to begin but uh you know we got in there um let's see here sunday night and then the event was from 12 to probably 6 7 p.m on monday they had drag racing quite obviously all day i mean Mopar's at the strip kind of deal and um basically they were qualifying, competing, you know, to culminate uh, towards the end of the evening when the launch was going to go. So all day it was, you know, looking at cars, watching them go down the drag strip, trying to guess whether it was the name of the new vehicle, all the details, everybody, oh, yeah, it's going to be called the Legend. It's going to be called the Goblin. It's going to be called (laughs) this. I mean, we're literally on site in Trussell and, Caniscus and everybody's probably just giggling at us, you know, quite obviously knowing what they're about to unveil and listening to us fools trying to guess what it is. Uh, I guess the strangest part of the entire trip was the fact that <laughs> a friend of mine contacted 42 dealers mm-hmm. right, right as it was being unveiled and no one had allocations. And if they did, they were asking fifty to a hundred thousand dollars over per vehicle. It, they they didn't have allocations, meaning they didn't know about it yet, or they were already taken. They yeah. knew about it. They didn't know exactly what it was going to be called. They knew. Uh, I think I, I don't know if it was prior to this the the launch itself whether they knew that they had a certain amount of allocations or whether it dropped right when the unveiling happened but you know for instance the large probably the largest dodge dealership in, the, in my area and Sierra, they immediately had four allocations and Sierra sells so many vehicles it's absolutely amazing so for them to get four i can only imagine how many dealers don't didn't have allocate don't have allocations didn't have allocations it's going to be a weird deal. There's going to be a lot of pissed off demon owners, original demon owners, because my understanding is that you're able to serial number match. Yeah. But you have to find a dealer that has an allocation. And then when you find a dealer that has an allocation, what's he going to bone you with, with the overage charge? I mean, literally people were going from 25 to a hundred over and then within like 30 minutes, we couldn't find anybody that wasn't charging 
you know, less than a hundred over. And their justification is, oh, well, the first demon now is worth $200,000. And so, you know, the other out of the chute is a better vehicle, quote unquote, newer vehicle. So we're going to charge over. So it's going to be a weird deal. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Um, um, I've yeah. got my one, one allocation I'm actively searching for one more. And um, right. it's just weird. I, I understand that they're going to close down in June, I would imagine. So if you're an original demon owner, you got to find a place that's not going to gouge you so that you can secure that, that matching serial, serial number. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, we, we've addressed the idea of markups for a long time and, and it just seems, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily, I, obviously I hate them. I think it's weird. Um, it's, it's weird to pay for the future value of something. That's just not normally how things work. Even the collector car market, that's just not really kind of how it, it works, right? It's always about market price. Now, what you hope is things go up, not necessarily go down, uh, you know, stock trading, investments, everything's based off of market price, not future value. And I know they're saying that is market price or it's market adjustment or whatever they want to call it. It's not because the value of the car right now is the sticker price of the car. Who knows? It, by the way, future value, that when things go up, it's based off of comps, right? So when somebody gets a demon and 170 and puts it on Bring a Trailer or takes it to Barrett Jackson and it sells, then you have a comp. And typically we like to see at least two comps before you can go, now my car is worth a certain amount. To say... You know, for Dodge to go, hey, uh, we're going to release this vehicle. It's $100,000. And the dealer goes, it's 100000 on top of that. They go, no, Dodge thinks it's worth $100,000. That's why they're selling it for $100,000, yeah. right? Uh, listen, if, if the dealers want to do this thing where they're like, they buy it themselves and then they own it for a year and it's in their showroom and it brings people in and then they want to sell it later, it's kind of a douchey move, but I guess they can do that. But it somebody's purchasing it for the sticker price, right? So I don't know. But that being said, um, and before we get into the cars, because it's not just one car that was debuted there. Uh, it sounded like a cool event. Um, big car show going on, drag racing going on. Uh, lots of car industry friends that were there. You mentioned Mark Trosel. He's been on the show a few times. Uh, the uh, One of the, the bosses over at uh, at Dodge and head of design, um, Tim Kaniskis, their CEO. Uh, Kenny Wayne Shepard was there. Jay Leno was there. Of course, uh, Chris Jacobs was there. He's another big Mopar guy, so I'm sure he was he was a big part of the, the festivities. Um uh, did you get an opportunity to kind of hang out with those guys? We saw some of your videos uh, on social media, some of the stream. It looked like everybody was just – it was funny because on your video I could hear you and then I hear Kenny. And then on Kenny's video I hear him and then I hear you. And everyone's just in awe going, it's cloudy. I hear this. I hear fireworks and helicopters and, and kind of what's going on. And, and everyone was just sort of in the same boat going – I'm just waiting, just, just eyes open and, you know, yeah, eyes especially, open. especially the way that you describe it. I mean, it was a spectacle for 
for car enthusiasts, period, end of story. You know, um, it, it was kind of like a reunion of sorts. You know, you got Mike Musto there, you got Dave Hall there, you got Rob, you got Rob Hart there, you got Trussell, you got Kaniskas, you got Gilles. Um, Maybe Sam Hubinette was out there? Hubinette was there, his wife was there. You know, Lena was, it, it's, it was, it was pretty, pretty much the nucleus of the Dodge family. Yeah. You know, whether you be a celebrity, whether you be a, a, a professional driver, whether you be a stunt person, or whether you be an executive, it was, it was, it was an example of the heartbeat of the brand. That's the best way that I can describe it. It, it, it felt like a reunion. Um, we were all excited, like giddy little kids waiting for Christmas. Yeah. Um, everybody throws out their guesses as to the horsepower, the time, the name, the this, the whatever it may be, which was all thrown out the window, you know, when it was unveiled. But um, I, the event as a whole was, I, I think it was really good. Um, I think they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. As far as bringing the nucleus together, they did that also. Um, and the, the payoff was, I mean, 1.66, zero to 60. Give me a freaking break. So we've all seen the videos on social media, how they debuted this car. They kind of, you know, flew it in, put it on the drag strip. But, you know, you were there. Explain what really happened. Well, firstly, uh, behind the scenes uh, tidbit was that the platform was still being worked on until like wee hours of the morning because it was too heavy. The original platform for the vehicle was too heavy, and the, so it's it's a, it's a big metal plate, and it's got the car on it, and it's got a helicopter that's lifting up this this plate, yeah. it, and it and, went beyond the load, so they had to redo the platform at the last second, and so you know it, it, it came off without a hitch, but it was it was pretty precarious leading up to it. It was kind of interesting, I. Years ago, in like 2015, um, we did the like the Hollywood premiere of our Paul Newman documentary, uh, winning the racing life of Paul Newman, and that was at I believe the Roosevelt Hotel in in Hollywood, and we had cars lined up on the strip, uh, sunset, and uh, and we had to bring cars into the building uh and you couldn't bring them in through the front and you see so through the the back of the roosevelt hotel um there's like a little courtyard area uh we had a and that courtyard area had like big double doors that led into the one of the big conference rooms and then into the lobby and it was such madness trying to get it in that we had to hire a crane to go in the the bark the back parking lot, get on a platform like you're talking about, a big metal plate, put the car on there, tie down the car, lift the car with a crane, move it over the top of the hotel, drop it into a little courtyard area, and then bring it in through that conference room. We had to remove the doors from the conference room because even when you open the doors, the doors stuck out about like two inches on each side and it wasn't enough to clear. So we had to take the doors off of the conference room, bring the cars in for one night. The crane, this isn't even a helicopter. 
the crane rental was ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, if people only knew what happens behind, <laughs> prepare for a, a, a grand entrance like these. You know, I mean, it's, I, it's right. Just to pull off something of that spectacle, like in in you know now. You know, Dodge has a helicopter offsite and I don't know, probably not that far, maybe a couple of miles away. Nobody can see it. And it's this undisclosed location somewhere in a parking lot or kind of the desert area. They're loading up the car. There's probably a hundred people out there trying to figure this out. We had dozens of people. When we were loading that car into that little tiny area in that courtyard, there was guys there with strings on the bottom of the platform and dialing it in and not to hit a tree or a building and bringing the car down. And, and it was such an ordeal. It just took hours and hours. And I got some great photos of the crane with this little dot in the air and the little dot is the car flying above there. Uh, uh, so they, they, uh, they loaded it up on the platform. They flew it in. Uh, they dropped it on the drag strip. Um, and almost immediately they did a countdown launch, did a big burnout. So this is where some of the online videos get a little confusing. Um, I guess they did a burnout with the fireworks, the, you know, and then, uh, did they go back, bring the car back and do like a quarter mile run? Like, like an actual, they did not. No, no, I mean, and I think it was an eighth mile track originally. I, I'm, I'm not. We weren't sure about the. I, I think the setup for for all the drag races was an eighth mile. Yeah. Now up on the sign, they showed it would run at eight ninety one, which it was. They did. Now, obviously, that was staged, right? Because they didn't actually run the car, but they said it was NHRA approved tested that runs in 891 now here's an interesting tidbit then we'll get into the car a little bit more um i believe under nine seconds you'd get kicked off the track you have to have uh, a roll cage so half the internet's going you're going to be banned from tracks because it doesn't have a cage in it as a parachute is an optional it's got the drag radials you'll be banned from tracks that is not true if if you're out there and you are and the weather's great and whatever and you're 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 good off the line and you are capable of driving it yourself sub nine seconds, they will tell you you're done for the day. You need to get a roll cage. But if you're not if those conditions aren't perfect and you run a you know a nine twenty, you know, you're good. Then you're good, right? So eight ninety one, we can assume is under really ideal conditions, right? With, with and, a terrific driver, yes. Right, and most of us wouldn't be able to run an 891 in that car. Maybe you can, maybe you can get lucky, maybe you can get close, maybe you can run it, but most people that got get the car and do decide to just take it to the track to see what it'll do, you can pull 930s and be very happy with that outing and, and, and drive Yeah, that, that, and you can also, Check one of the uh, one of the boxes and get the car, get the uh, the cage that's optional, right? Right. I, I right, and I wasn't even aware of that. I just assumed there was, but uh, uh, Dave Savaggio designs. There you go. Savaggio does it. So the Dodge Challenger SRT Demon One Seventy. Why is it called the One Seventy? Exactly. Right. I the still, 170 I do is... Know, I do know, but explaining it yet. 
170. Right. Go ahead. It is, uh, I, I guess it's, it's the octane rating of E85, E85, right? So what they're doing is, is the car is capable of E85 and pump gas. You can run 91, you can run 93, you can run E85, uh, which, um, uh, Actually, the 170 is a little confusing to me because I don't think E85 is actually 170 octane. I just a lot of a lot of confusing to me because nor do I. Yeah, because I thought E85 was closer to like 110. I don't even know how you'd get 170. <laughs> you know, so I, I'm there. There's some rating that they're coming up with on on the E85 to call it a 170. Um, I don't know. I don't know that anybody cares, but. Uh, uh, 1,025 horsepower on E85, but still every bit of 900 horsepower on pump gas. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I mean by the way, <laughs> driving around, I don't think you're going to know the difference between 900 and 1,025. It's no. going to be, it's going to be, first of all, right, because you're talking about the most ideal traction conditions in a racing environment for you to know the difference other than that you're just breaking it loose and tearing up tires and having a good time yeah you're just doing that anyway uh i i i agree with you know if you guys follow like david freiberger and mike finnegan and 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 that really understand and talk about the technical aspects of of a vehicle um, one thing that uh, i think is kind of missed that be, should be pointed out this is a from the factory car with over a thousand horsepower that is under warranty is emissions legal mm-hmm. and has ac in it like this is a fully functional Arguably, everyday driver car. If you wanted it to be, even optioned with a uh, sunroof, if you wanted. Right, which don't don't get it. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's like getting yeah. it in a convertible option. Yeah, don't get it with that. Don't get it with the with the sunroof. But I mean, just an incredible feat uh, from Dodge to go. Hey, this car is you know full warranty, emissions legal. Uh, you know, able to do it with just, I, honestly, I would love to say they did it with incredible technology and, and, and engineering. They didn't. They did it with just old school. Brute horsepower. Just, just old school, like, we've got a strong engine. Let's beef it up. Let's add more boost and let's just put it out there. Let's just get it done. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure all of the tuning and stuff really is what comes down to the complicated part is not making that horsepower level. It's making it emissions legal. Right. Well, so making everything, everything else uh, uh, with the ability not to break. That's, that's the issue. Yes. All right. So let's get into some of that. So um, how did they make some changes to the vehicle? They, they modified the three liter supercharger. Um, it's got a new larger snout on it. It's got a 105 millimeter throttle body they did a uh a change the the blower pulley on it to get a 40 percent boost in in boost pressure 40 percent increase in boost pressure over the hellcat red eye wide body 
I don't know what the actual boost number is coming in at, but uh, it's going to be pretty high. Uh, let's see. Along with that, there is a new drive line. Um, it's got a new ring, uh, a new ring gear. It's 50, 53% stronger differential housing. Um, the prop, the prop shaft is 30% stronger, stronger half shafts. You're right. They got to just beat up that whole, you did your twin turbo car. And when you went out there and tested it, you broke the half shafts and, and other stuff. Uh, I'd say, Hey, remember that? But you remember that. <laughs> I mean, well, everybody yes, else, I'll never forget. Yeah. <laughs> everybody else, if you guys remember that, you know, uh, brought the car out and did some testing and yeah, you will always find the weak link in the entire setup, whether it's going to be anything on the engine, the drive line, you know, uh, half shafts, drive shaft, piston rings, like you'll find a way. It will ring. immediately rear its ugly head. It's not <laughs> capable of sustaining all that horsepower for sure. Uh, yes. Uh, so it comes with uh, Mickey Thompson drag radials. It's got a 315, 50, 17 Mickey Thompson drag, drag radial on it. Um, it uh, Talk about the front wheels. Yes, so it's got um, 245-55-18 uh, street tires on it. Um, I, I, I'm guessing maybe it comes with uh, a lightweight option as well. It's got the pizza cutters as an option on it. Yeah, the lightweight option is a two-piece carbon fiber wheel. Um, and evidently, they tested that size wheel and tire combination with the carbon fiber and it came out to be quite similar timing to the skinnies. And so that's why they went that route. The caveat, I see, I, the caveat, I see what you're saying. It's, it's 14, they're, they're $12,000 for four of them. Yeah. So, but this is a, an interesting move because before you'd have to load up your jack and all your stuff and bring the skinnies with you to the drag strip. And they're saying, ah, hey, you don't need to. We'll just go with the carbon fiber wheel, make it lighter weight. And then you can drive to the track, run it, and drive home. Maybe you're changing tire pressure. That's it. I think it's a fantastic freaking option. I just wish it wasn't twelve grand. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's cool as shit. I mean, I it's going to give you better handling, and you know, I, I feel a lot safer putting the two forty five up there instead of a skinny. I I agree with that. It, it, you're right. It's, it's much safer to drive around town or to the track and back, even if that was the case that you're doing. So um, we've got upgraded fuel injectors, uh, obviously, because uh, of the um, uh, the E85 uh, possibility. Oh, the Demon, by the way, 21.3 PSI supercharger uh, PSI versus 15.3 on the Hellcat Red Eye wide body. Uh, so from 15.3 to 21.3. Mm-hmm. Um, additional boost and that's where a lot of this power is coming from uh the uh they beefed up the engine they uh beefed up the uh the the head studs on it um, which are which are 38 percent stronger the main caps in the engine uh 44 stronger there uh, cylinder pressure is 32 percent higher uh on E85, so rods, bearings, main caps, uh, everything has been has been uh, uh, beefed up. Even machining of the block, the 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 damper, the balancer on it, uh, spark plugs, everything has been changed on this thing. Um, 
the 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 transmission, the torque flight, the EHP ninety, the eight speed automatic transmission. It's got upgraded flange, uh, larger diameter, stronger prop shaft. Uh, it just keeps just keeps adding. Like all you got to do is like we keep saying, it's the weak link. It's like people are going to even modify this car and they're going to make it uh, try to maybe maybe make it a, a little bit faster. Uh, it would be cool to see a lot of these parts trickle down to their motorsports catalog, their aftermarket catalog, and their direct connection. Will you be able to buy, you know, the half shafts and the differential and, and things like that directly from Dodge? And I would imagine yes. And I would imagine that they've worked with aftermarket partners on making some of this stuff happen as well. So those guys will probably be be in the catalog. I would, assume, I would assume that they're forward thinking and that everything that they found out that broke is available at Direct Connection. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I mean, why, why 2023 versus the 2018 demon is they needed a few years for people to go out and, and, and beat on those cars and see what they're, what they're doing, you know? Yeah. Most um, Uh, anyway, it's very, very interesting stuff. It has the line lock. It has launch control. It has launch assist. Uh, they beefed up the suspension on this thing. Um, you're right, the carbon fiber wheels, the 17 by 11s in the front, 18 by 8s um, in the rear. Uh, it, the standard wheel is a forged aluminum wheel, and then the carbon fiber wheel is the option, as you mentioned. Um, the brake package that they got overall to fit uh the lightweight wheels um you mentioned it being an expensive option 12 grand but it's part of an overall weight reduction package so i don't think you can just get the wheels what you get is the lightweight wheels front brakes uh hollow sway bars um rear seat delete uh, uh the trunk trim and noise vibration stuff of uh some of that has been deleted um uh, lightweight Lightweight interior carpet, um, a less of an audio system. You get an audio system because it's so integrated into your announcements, but I think you just probably get like four speakers or something. Uh, and and removal of the front flares saves 16 pounds. So overall, it's a 157-pound lightweight package. Hmm. That, that's more reasonable. Yeah, right? So... Um, that's that's kind of interesting. So I would think that buyers of this car um, have several cars, have been in the Mopar family for a while, probably have the other demon uh, and can afford this car. So that being said, I would probably just go with all of the options. Like if if, if you had the money and you were you were that person. Uh, I think the fully optioned out car is going to be the one that is worth money. Although fully optioning it out means you get less shit, right? Because they remove stuff from the car. That, now, and, that and then there's in my case and in others, do you, do you match it a hundred percent with the, with the two eighteen demon? Right. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that weren't available. I don't think you need to match the specs. I think 
the option to match the VIN number, which is interesting, right? The serial number. Uh, so of the 3,000 Demon owners, there's going to make 3,000 of these cars, 3,300. 3,000 of this new Demon in the U.S., 300 for Canada. And if you do have the 2018 Demon, you do have the option to match the serial number. So if you have, you know, 198, you can order 198. I think that's a cool option. I think you definitely do that. But I don't think you need to match the specs of that car. I think you go with the fully option carbon fiber lightweight package, not just because they've eliminated a few things, but they were smart enough to go, we've replaced it with lighter weight options. And that's key. If they go, oh, we're, we have a stereo, but we have a lightweight version. We have carpet, but we have a lightweight version. We have sound deadening, but we have a lightweight version. I go, okay, well then you actually are getting unique pieces for mm -hmm. that car. Um, and, and let's face it, no one's going to really daily driver the car. There's usually other cars in the stable. You've got your, your, your red eye or whatever. you got your charger. So this is kind of the car you you outfit with. You know, you just you just end up spending the money and you're getting the coolest version of the car. Um, you know, and we've seen that in the four GTs, for example, the O5s that are, are popping up in auction over the years. Uh, you do see a little bit of a difference. Like, did you get it with the lightweight wheels? Did you get it with, the, you know, uh, all of the options, whatever the, the all four options or whatever it had, the BBS wheels and stuff. Those are the better cars to get. So I would say you want to get the fully outfitted version of it. Um, listen, it, it, it seems, it seems like a, a cool farewell to the car and you, and you, you know, you get the, the limited edition stuff, you get the, you know, the box that comes with it and you get the, all the, the serial number stuff and, you know, things like that. And, you know, like even my Mustang Mach 1, it came with the fancy box and the, the collectibles like the tow hook and the, the, the diff gear, you know, that's made into a little statue and uh, all the cool <laughs> stuff on it. <laughs> you know, like they get sent a nice little package on it. Um, now, this was not the only car debuted there it's all part of the last call series as they were talking about um before they moved to electric and you know plug-in hybrid and all the other stuff there were seven vehicles that were announced at, at the event and just kind of running through them real quick uh there's a dodge 20 a 2023 dodge challenger shakedown um it's only available on the rt scat pack and the rt scat pack wide body only 500 of them will be produced. Uh, and this is the 392 engine car. There is a Challenger and a Charger Scat Pack Swinger. And it's it's a green. It's got the rear, like, Bumblebee stripe. It's got the cursive script uh, Stinger logo on it. And it's got a like a very light gold painted wheel on it. That's actually kind of cool. I do like that, that wheel quite a bit. Is that the shaker on? Uh, on the on the Challenger, yes, not the Charger. Um, mm. And the the shakedown version, that car, that's the the gray and black stripe one. Um, that that does have the shaker scoop on it and and the black stripes on it. Um, there's a Dodge Charger Super B. Uh, the Super B, I think they're going to do a thousand of this car. Um, half of those will be a standard charger 
uh, and which will be painted uh, B5 blue with blue graphics and then 500 uh, scat packs will be wide bodies um, in a plum crazy purple. And you guys can go in and find it. It's got a couple of uh, cool options on it. Um, another charger called the King Daytona. Uh, this one is uh, sort of an homage to William Big Willie Robinson. Uh, it was a legendary drag racer uh, uh uh, back in the day, um, this is the this is an 807 horsepower wide body version of the car. There's a Challenger Black Ghost, um, named after the uh, the special 1970 Challenger that became a Detroit legend back in the day. Um, this is another 807 horsepower car, very cool. And then that's that's the one. That's the one. That's the Black Ghost. So. There's only uh, 300 of those being made, and I think five I seconds. Three, 300 will be built of the yeah, Black that's Ghost. Right. That's what I said. Okay, I I missed, I misheard. I thought you said 800. No, uh, 300, like 300 are built, and I think the two seconds after they were offered, they were all gone. They were all gone, yeah. Immediately, at least 50 over. Because when I heard about it, I called from SEMA, and they were gone. Um. Interesting is the Dodge Demon, uh, the 170, that is not the rarest car, as you pointed out. They want to make 3,000 of those cars, uh, you know, whereas the Black Ghost are going to do 300 of those cars. I mean, it's the one that was the big debut, and it's got the crazy horsepower, but there is some interesting collectability here. There's a, there's Chargers and Challengers that are all pretty cool and pretty unique. Um, yeah, they did a really good job of creating a lot of excitement around those vehicles that people have seen before, but now they're relaunched as something else in limited production. Yeah, uh, and I think the collectability will be there. Um, it'll be interesting to see is the really cool, really unique Demon 170 that they're making 3,000 of going to be worth more than something like the black ghost that they make 300 of and when i say worth more i mean percentage wise not dollar amount because one car is more expensive out of the gate so does do both cars double in value at some point or do both cars does one of them go up two and a half times more i mean the demon is arguably the cooler car but the black ghost is pretty cool in a limited edition there's 300 of them you know does you know does that car go up 60 percent as fast as a demon goes up 50%. I don't know. It's going right? to be an interesting race. That's it sure. will be. And, you know, what's not going to happen, I imagine, is some Uber collector, even a Leno, is not going to be able to pick up every one of these things, right? Uh, I just think it, it would be tough to, to, to grab all seven of these options um, because yeah. of, like you said, allocations and things like that. Now, somebody can start to collect them in a few years down the road when they start popping up at auctions and stuff. But um, yeah, it's a pretty, uh, it's a, it's a pretty cool lineup. I, I like, I like what Dodge did here. I like the presentation. I like the last call stuff. I like having a, a variety of unique cars, um, various price levels, Markups aside, forget the markups, but uh, 
they did some pretty cool stuff before they kind of go out on a bang. Um, while you were there, hanging around with uh, with the crew of you know Chris and Leno and Kenny and and all that, at some point, now you saw it at SEMA, but at some point, you guys must have went and taken another look at the uh, the electric concept car, the Charger two door concept car. You didn't, but the others, I think, did. And and I'm curious what the reaction is going to be. Well, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, man. I, I mean, a situation like that uh, with so many people out there doing the show and shine and drag racing all day, I just didn't go out and I was not part of the public. I got, we got there. It started at noon. We got there at four, you know, uh, went straight to the VIP, went straight to the track, uh, to the drag strip VIP, and then went from there after the unveiling to take pictures with the car, and then we left. So I didn't see one other display, but that was because I chose not to see. Right, and it was I know it was a quick trip for you. You kind of you didn't really stick around in town. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a, a lot going on. But I think um, I think uh, Chris Jacobs, I think Kenny Wayne Shepard, I think they all posted the version of, of that car, but it was like the – it was like a red version, not what we saw at SEMA. Whatever they're doing, there's painting oh, the and wrapping. The one at SEMA was that Banshee red. Uh, was it the red one? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm just wondering when they're going to tell everybody it's not going to be a tuner. Yeah, but it's not going to be a tuner. I think we all kind of guessed that it's not going to be a tuner. The Charger version of it's not going to be a tuner. Now, I it does concern me a little bit because the, the Ram, the Ram truck, the concept truck was like, this is kind of interesting. This is kind of a badass truck. And then the production version is really nothing like the concept truck. So I listen, people are already going to be like, oh, for SEMA, we're going to buy one of these electric trucks and try to turn it into as close to the concept looking truck as possible, like people have done in the past with concept cars. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so that was kind of a, a letdown. Um, I'm sure it'll do well. I'm just saying from concept truck to this, uh, it, it it wasn't quite what we hoped it would be. And I kind of hope this Charger, even if going to a four-door, has something similar. That front like wing, the air thing going on, and the air through the grill, and like some of the cool features of that thing hopefully make it way to production because it needs to stand out from the gas engine version of the cars that we've seen. Well, that and the overlying uh, point is that with 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 the last call and all of these vehicles and the V8 going out the way, seemingly there's a changing of the guards, changing of an ideal, and I just hope and pray that Stellantis does not turn their back on what made the brand what it is. I I, I agree with that completely. And I, I think part of that DNA needs to still be there. And I would say with with guys like Mark Trotzel and, and Tim Kaniscus uh, still in charge, I think they're going to kind of do their best to make sure the SRT side of things has that SRT DNA. Now, there's going to be a who high knows volume. How long we're going to be in charge. <laughs> that's that's right. Like who knows? That's that's the point. Is 
That's um, the wild card right now. If you ask me, that's the wild card for this. Point. Yes. Do those guys remain in those positions or not? Or is there some sort of uh, change or move that, that happens? But listen, if if they don't stay there, they're going out with a bang. This was a great event, and they got some cool cars that are going to be hitting uh, uh, the streets over the next year. Um, if they are there, then I think they're going to do their best to look out for the SRT brand. Now, the mainstream vehicles, the Chargers and Challengers, the electric versions of those things that they sell a lot of and they make money on, um, they're going to be a little more subdued, as you can imagine. But anyway, that's where we are. Anyway, great event. I think we're going to uh, wrap things up. I know you're heading out. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you got to go out there and, and see everything that was going on. I know it was kind of a quick trip, but it's a cool piece and hopefully uh, everything gets aligned and you'll be able to, to pick up, uh, you know, one or two of those, those cars on that, on that docket. Uh, yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll be specking the first one out tomorrow morning. Hopefully if I'm in town, um, you know, my impression of the event was, was it, it, uh, it accomplished, I think exactly what they wanted it to accomplish. As I said, um, it was a great reunion with the Dodge guys and girls. Um, quite obviously, spending time with Jay after what he's been through uh, was was an added huge bonus. I mean, we. My impression of Jay. Each time I see him, far surpasses the 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 last one. I mean, I just and you know this guy. I just can't tell people what a wonderful human being this dude is. Um, he's a caring individual. He could be the biggest jerk on the planet because of his success, but he's innately just a car guy. And that's all we talked about, you know? Um, yeah. He was good, I, I, in good condition and good, good spirits and everything. And he's like, ah, oh, forget about the bird. I got two broken ribs right now. Yeah. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, you're a freaking. You're a robot, but you know he's he's just a wonderful human being, and and it's it's great that throughout the years the brand has been able to get together people of like minds and of like character. Kenny Wayne Shepherd, I couldn't say any more wonderful things about what a great guy he is and what a what a true car guy he is. And so he, he, he is a sweetheart of a guy. I agree completely on Leno. Um, the show we did years ago for GQ magazine, that car collectors episode, you and I filmed, uh, Kenny, I went to his house and uh, filmed with him, uh, for a day. And, you know, he, he brought out some of his cars and, and I was like, Hey, we can't leave here without you picking up a guitar, right? Like just to riff something, uh, for our show and just can be more accommodating. He's got it set up in his garage. He's got like a, a little lounge area with the guitars and stuff and he's just like oh hell yeah let me just grab a guitar and just and just just jam he's just uh just an all-around um good group you're right the entire group is such a wonderful group i've had nothing but um the most positive interactions with jay every time every documentary that we've done he's invited us over before we lease the film to screen it over as his place and when we go there he's firing up the barbecue and he's making hamburgers and and uh, you know, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, let's just go in and check it out. And then, you know, he's 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 wonderful in that respect. So you couldn't you know. build a better person 
I mean, you just couldn't. You know, I, I mean, it, it's like he's a robot. But uh, enough about Jason Jay's book. Listen, I, I, I don't know how he's not in pain. Like, just going to that event and just, you know, of all the shit that's happened in the past couple of months, like he's still like, you just broke your foot the other day and you're running around too. But I know this is, this is a painful thing that's happening and he's ribs are broken and everything, by the way, I mean, no disrespect to Jay, but Jay hasn't put his body through the physical <laughs> things that you have over, over the course of your life. You have a better understanding of what these things mean, broken toes or broken ribs or concussions or whatever. Uh, and, and Jay doesn't, so I'm I'm sure he's he's hiding. He's he's holding it all in. He's just gonna, yeah. you know, I'm, he's a pro. You know, maybe this is his his way of 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 dealing with it. Is just just keep going, yeah, I mean, just keep going. Absolutely, you're you're very correct. And like his rehab is part of his rehab is to be out there, car guys. <laughs> Yeah, just go out and, be, and do comedy. He still shows up at the comedy clubs and doing stuff. So, um, all right, uh, I'll let you guys go. Thanks so much, everybody. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Um, and listen, until next time, keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com. Carcast Show.